So Mike Golick Jr., look, not a lot of good things happened for the New York Jets this season, but the day after Christmas against the Jaguars, something happened that I need you to describe for me because it might be their play of the year. Yeah, let's take this walk back, Pablo. It's fourth and goal. The Jets are up by one in the fourth quarter. They start off with a play fake. Wilson takes the snap, fakes the handoff, looking end zone, being flushed, now scrambles to the right. Zach Wilson, their rookie quarterback, goes through every possible read. He looks right, he looks left, nobody's open. He's got to scramble, and then he sees his beacon in the night. (laughs) Six foot eight, 310 pound Connor McDermott standing in the end zone. He throws in the back of the end zone. He's got Connor McDermott, his offensive lineman, who is a tackle eligible on the play. He is being mobbed by his teammates in the corner of the end zone. Zach Wilson throws it up. McDermott makes the leaping grab in a play that Zach Wilson has called. Probably the highlight of my entire life so far, uh, that touchdown pass. I just see this big dude with his, his hands in the, in the air in the back of the end zone with no one around him. I'm just like, oh my gosh, should I throw it to him? Like, like is this happening? Pablo, that was one of just many of what I have dubbed the thick six in college, in the NFL this season. We have seen so many big bodies get loose and inform the nation that large excellence is here to stay. I know conference championship games are Sunday, and I know that with the exception of the Super Bowl, that is the single biggest day on the NFL calendar. So should we probably be talking to Mina or Bill Barnwell or Alex Smith to break down these all-important matchups? Yeah, we probably should. But instead, we're going all in on a bigger NFL story. Much bigger. So today, a plus-sized episode for your listening pleasure on the phenomenon sweeping the NFL this season. A play diabolical in its conception, delicious in its execution, and devastating in its effectiveness. The Thick Six. I'm Pablo Torre. It's Friday, January 28th. This is ESPN Daily. So, Mike Golick Jr., I just think we have to establish at the very top here all your credentials to discuss this incredibly important topic. And I want to start with your body of work, so to speak, because you played on the offensive line in Notre Dame. Yes, 17 starts over the course of five seasons there, played center and guard, uh, confirmed beef. Yes, confirmed beef. You then took that beef and had a little cup of coffee in the NFL. Is that how to describe it? Uh, Yes, I went to three training camps, one with the Pittsburgh Steelers and two were the New Orleans Saints where I acquired more than coffee. That was a lot of beignets down there. (laughs) And what you inherited from your bloodlines, Mike, we're talking about how many members of your family were linemen? So my dad and my uncle Bob were both 
defensive linemen, both in college and in the NFL. My dad played nine years between the Eagles, the Oilers, and the Dolphins. My Uncle Bob played into the teens with the Raiders, the Browns, the Patriots. And my Uncle Greg was also a college offensive lineman at Notre Dame. So we are not new to this. We are true to this. And in terms of the other contents of your like literal blood, you did become globally famous this year for eating lots of mayonnaise while calling a bowl game. Mike, you came up with ideas, unconventional foods that work with mayonnaise. We're, we're starting with what? Cream-filled cookies here. It's a really interesting blend of flavors. Thumbs up for me. So there is that. Listen, at some point, preparation meets opportunity for everybody. Uh, For me and my elevated cholesterol, that was that moment. (laughs) Elevated cholesterol gang. I'm also a member. So we summoned you here today to discuss this phenomenon, this movement, really, that is very near and dear to your heart. It is what you and others now have all been calling the Thick Six. So what exactly is a thick six and why is it taking over football this season? For anyone unaware, you know, a thick six, any offensive lineman, defensive lineman, larger man that scores a touchdown in a football game of any way, shape or form, high school, college, pro. We love to see large excellence. We love to see big people get in the zone. Jones back under pressure, lobs it left and completes it for the touchdown to Andrew Thomas. And the second year left tackle gets the touchdown. And he caught it like he was used to doing it. He even had a touchdown dance planned on that, Bob. I think it's been equal parts fun and function. Doug Ferrara at USA Today does a great job chronicling large excellence. And he pointed out in a tweet last weekend, there have been nine touchdown passes to offensive linemen this season, all coming since November 4th. As the weather has gotten cold, people have figured out football is a very complicated game in some semblance, Pablo. It's also a very simple game in its purest form. Get your best athletes the ball in space. And what we have seen is a proliferation of large athletes throughout the sport that just happen to play offensive and defensive line. So you get creative coordinators, you get guys that some of whom have very athletic backgrounds at other positions. And all of this ends with the deception that every offensive coordinator wants to be able to disguise their intentions and then ultimately reveal it to the masses here with guys that just happen to be massive. wide receiver Christian Wilkins all six foot four 310 pounds what makes a thick six so special Mike because it's not just the strategy of it it is clearly something bigger Pablo, I think the reason it's so special is because it really is a vibe. Like people always ask, and we'll talk about the line of demarcation between one and the other. Mm -hmm. But who doesn't love seeing someone walking out there with just a glorious gut, a belly for the absolute (laughs) ages, find their way to wiggle and jiggle into the end zone? These are guys that spend the rest of their lives in the trenches asking for no thanks, getting their moment into the sun. And the gratitude we tend to see when someone from our ranks makes it to that moment, it's a win for everyone who has ever strapped up the pads, put their hand down in the dirt, and been asked to go and block for somebody else's greatness. So it's a moment for, I think, some of the more selfless members of the football community to be celebrated for their gifts. 
And so as a member of the tribe of maybe the most overlooked position on any given football team, Mike, a position which by rule is normally not permitted to even catch passes, how does the possibility of being targeted for a thick six come up? Pablo, you have to understand the position of especially offensive line is one largely predicated by fear of letting down the rest of your team. Like this is a position full of very anxious, large men. Mark Schlereth always told this story of his time with the Denver Broncos that before the game, they would just sit around with a garbage can in the middle of all of them waiting for the first guy to puke because you've got that core mission, which is to not let everyone else down. Mm. Your name doesn't get called for good things. Normally a great day for an offense of linemen is when you don't hear your name called at all. That means there's no penalties. That means you have not missed a block and given up a heinous play. It is hard to do something good enough to be recognized. But as you go along and you start to get some of that confidence there and you see other people do it, you see it's possible, you mess around in practice, all of a sudden it starts to grow of well, maybe in the right situation, this too could be me. When you see a fullback score, I mean, fullbacks are basically half linemen <laughs> anyway. There are gateway into the beyond. So you start to dream once you start to see others like you cross that plane. Yeah, I love the idea of a fullback normalizing the body positivity that you yourself are now a champion of. So do you lobby coaches outright at some point? Like, how does this work among the linemen? Do they request the opportunity? Some offensive linemen, especially the tackles, these guys were bona fide stud athletes in their former lives. A lot of them were great basketball players, former tight ends. And so they've got some of that arsenal in their background. And listen, as someone who calls games now, I always go through and read the scouting report to find out who may have played another position, who was Mm. a quarterback in their former life, who was a former tight end, because it'll kind of tip you off to who's possible because those guys They're always in coach's ear and the offensive coordinator's ear, pulling up their highlights from high school, showing (laughs) off the mitts from back in the day. You go over by the quarterbacks when they're warming up for practice and playing catch, and you just show coach. Look at how easy this is. Effortless hands. And then you just start to slowly, when you get that downtime and a walkthrough, chirp, show off the mitts a little bit and let him know, I am a tool at your disposal should you feel like going down this road. Every one of these plays that we'll run through here, they all feel kind of like the opening of a Christmas gift. And so I do want to take you back, Mike, to Christmas, to the day after in specific, because it wasn't just six foot eight Connor McDermott doing it, the guy that we started the whole show with. It was three thick sixes in total on December 26th. We had Lane Johnson catching a touchdown for the Eagles. Hurts, fakes. Looks, fires, touchdown, Lane Johnson! (laughs) Don't you just love that? You all pro, right tackle, blocking all day long, his entire career, and you come up with a play like this? Guys love this stuff. We had another six foot six lineman, Terrence Steele, catching one for the Cowboys. Third and one, and they're going to keep it, and he's going to throw it on the right side to Steele! And Steele! Steele's first professional catch, a touchdown. This is where we have to get into the background of these guys because, first off, you're talking about going from Christmas Eve to Christmas Day to just extendo Christmas. It's only right that for the class of guys that would probably need a seatbelt expender on a plane, we also (laughs) get an extended version of the holiday for all this. But I want to give the edge here to Terrence Steele just because when you look at his background, You see thoroughbred offensive linemen. Mm. 
This isn't to discount what Lane Johnson's done, but we got to remember as he came up the ranks, this was a guy that for a while was a quarterback coming up and then a tight end who ate himself into an offensive lineman. And you see it in the highlight, the hands still got it. The hands are silky in this spot, Pablo. And also, if we're being honest about Lane Johnson and the climbing of the ranks, he couldn't exactly climb up the ranks of the stands. Touchdown, Lane Johnson. The right tackle. Is he going to get up there, Kenny? Oh, he can't get up there. Is that a, a leap? Leap? I don't know what that was. Which I don't know if that is a positive or a negative in the assessment as this as performance art overwhelming positive none of this is supposed to look perfect that's the charm we're not supposed to be here we're in a realm that we have ascended to that we have no parts being involved in with Terrence Steele for me the part that was endearing was he immediately went to his celebration where he said I have waited for this moment. We clearly went through this on the walkthrough the day before the game, and I immediately got to the spike. Terrence Steele, with all the might of an offensive lineman, spiked that ball so hard after catching a touchdown that it landed in the third row of sweeps. And then the mob came because... The Dallas Cowboys response from the rest of that offensive line, Zach Martin, eight years into his NFL career, jumped higher than I ever saw him at Notre Dame. The whole group was so excited because, Pablo, it really is when one of us makes it, all of us make it. It it is the full Wolf of Wall Street. One of us. One of us here. Because and, and this really is the stuff you dream of. Once once you become a kid that starts to track towards this, I always tell people, I never played another position. I was an offensive and defensive lineman from the moment I put on pads. And a lot of big kids, a lot of guys that end up as O&D linemen are that way. And so you don't have that time where you get to touch the ball and you get to go and potentially score and have people cheer for you. You're in the dark shoveling you-know-what so that everyone else can succeed. But we all mess around before practice, go through, you know, when wide receivers and quarterbacks go out pre-practice to go, we call it pat and go. When the offensive line runs through it, we call it fat and go. And when you have those opportunities, we all try and make our highlight reel catch or toe tap inbounds, never thinking we're actually going to get to live it. So often we see this stuff and the Cowboys and the Terrence Steele case fit this description. We see this stuff in the midst of basically celebration already, right? In the midst of blowouts. I feel like the thick six as a weapon of NFL warfare, it is kind of used to rub it in the other team's face when you're absolutely just smoking them on offense. I mean, I think of the Bills and the Chiefs doing this in the playoffs, in their wildcard games, Mike. They both threw to linemen four touchdowns when they were up real big. What do you make of the thick six as a source of humiliation for others? It's the perfect chef's kiss on what was otherwise a perfect meal of the day for these offenses. The Chiefs are going to fake it. They roll to the right side. They throw a big man touchdown! Big man touchdown! Alec Reddy! Josh keeps without play action. Fires to the end zone. Touchdown, Buffalo. The pass to rookie Tommy Doyle. The big man touchdown. They are pouring it on now. Pablo, we hear all the discourse all the time. People getting upset when teams throw late in games, when they're trying to pass downfield, operate their offense as usual. I am sure if you asked every defensive coordinator, every opposing head coach to a man, they would much rather have you throw deep to some normal skinny guy in one of these routes 
then all of a sudden get dunked on literally, figuratively, metaphorically by some 300 plus pound beauty that waltzes into their end zone. Coming up, that waltz continues with the thick six that broke the internet. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you people wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first one or for your fashionista mom who likes to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate with them both. You can shop by price anywhere from 25 bucks and under to, say, 100 bucks and below. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything or even pre-wrapped gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats Headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So, what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th, and it'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. So, Gojo, I want to take you back here to an iconic thick six from college football this season. And I'm talking about, of course, the immortal guaranteed rate bowl, because that is where we find Minnesota and West Virginia. And we find not a catch this time, but a run. How would you describe what happens here? This was, I wouldn't say one bowling ball, because when you're talking about Daniel Fa'alele, who you're going to get to know during draft season, the Aussie-born 6'9", 380-pounder. <laughs> Jesus. This is like every bowling ball in the bowling alley came together, <laughs> formed a man. A Voltron of bowling balls, yes. Yes. <laughs> bowling ball Voltron. <laughs> Pablo, I remember this game. It was a later kick. It was one where I was thinking about going to bed. And the beauty of this play was right before they actually scored, they had come out with this formation with him in the backfield. And then West Virginia called the timeout. And so most of us are thinking, well, surely now that they've showed the formation, they won't have the temerity, the unmitigated gall to come back out and do it. And instead, Minnesota comes out, gives that sort of sugar huddle where you're mumbling around the line of scrimmage. Is this a deke? He's sort of lined up like he might be the right tackle again. Out of the timeout. Here we go. Here we go. And then he motions back and comes into the backfield. They hand him the rock. And at that point, he was not going to be denied. Could be the biggest touchdown in college football history. Maybe, unofficially. He gets the ball straight ahead. (laughs) And touchdown! You know how sometimes in peewee football, you say that kid can't play with us because he's too big? That's what that's like. It looks unfair. And the result is this bowling ball in a bowl game, turning everybody on that defense into bowling pins. And the best part about this is, this wasn't some charity case. Daniel Fa'alele is going to be a very highly drafted offensive tackle, more than likely, come this spring. 
These are bona fide studs, Pablo, that again, have done everything their team has asked them, have been integral parts of all this, and now are getting to reap the benefits in a way that before most people would have never thought possible. So wasn't there also, speaking of benefits being reaped, wasn't there also a Georgia guy who ran one in this season? Not just any guy. This was Georgia's absolute mountain in the middle of one of the best defenses in the history of college football. Six foot six, 340. And I think that 340 is pretty generous on the low end here. (laughs) Jordan Davis, who I got to tell you, Pablo. I was flying from Atlanta out to Arizona to see my parents and Georgia just had their national championship parade that day. And I ended up sitting on the plane and seeing a large gentleman wearing Georgia championship gear who looked somewhat like Jordan Davis waltz to the seat next to me, a Georgia fan running up, telling them about how much they had enjoyed the season confirmed that. And let me just tell you, Based on what I saw next to me, if that man lines up in the backfield and I am a defender on the other side, I'm making the business decision right now that I prioritize my health and safety more than I do stopping that man from getting to glory. And that's exactly (laughs) what Georgia did for Jordan Davis in that spot. Davis, this time he's in for the touchdown. How about that? There's not much Jordan Davis hasn't done in his career at Georgia. Why not get the big man in the end zone? They got a guy who was getting Heisman Trophy love in the middle of the season. His potential Heisman moment in the middle on the offensive side. I'm never going to be adverse to giving a big man a, a touchdown. Big man touchdown, you got to love it. Wait, Mike, we're friends. You did not tell me that you sat next to Jordan Davis on an airplane, which raises all sorts of physics questions about, like, who got the armrest and also just the terror of, like, having to get up at the same time to get your bags afterwards. I gave him the armrest. I gave him my snacks. I was giving him whatever I wanted here. (laughs) Pablo, when I was playing, I would not have been able to block Jordan Davis. And sitting here now as a committed gas bag, I certainly have no way to stop him from going from point A to point B against my will. You know, this does remind me, Mike, of a play that was stopped in the end, but I still need to ask you about here a particular would-be fix six because it's I think the coolest play I've ever seen that didn't actually amount to anything let me take you back to November here it is Miami Robert Hunt was the offensive tackle in question and what did you see there so Robert Hunt was an offensive lineman for Miami and they had called the screen Screens are all about timing. It's trying to make sure, all right, I get out in front. We're trying to sneak out and make sure that the defense thinks they can go upfield and get to the quarterback. And then the quarterback's job is to just dunk it over the top of them to a running back that's waiting to follow his big friends to Pater. In this spot, the ball got away from the quarterback a little bit. And Robert Hunt looked at this situation and said, I can let this fall incomplete which is what you're supposed to do because legally he cannot catch the ball in advance and he is not an eligible receiver. That's right. But Robert Hunt understands <laughs> that now in the internet age especially, glory lasts forever when you can be a part of this moment. So he snatched that ball out of the sky and he took off. To a pass is caught by one of the linemen and he came up short, Robert Hunt. The 6'6", 330-pound giant, he's marked short, and then he's found to have actually crossed the plane and would have scored a touchdown 
if this weren't perhaps like the end of Talladega Nights, the Ballad of Ricky Bobby, where none of this is legal or will even <laughs> remotely count, but it will live in our hearts and minds forever. Look at that. He's across the goal line, and then he lands on his head. Yeah, but I, he, he's not eligible, though. That, that's the problem. This man extends fully upside down over towards the end zone in a completely illegal play, but a completely awesome moment. I mean, every offensive lineman that's ever been and is in this league is watching that saying, you go. I mean, he got it. (laughs) Illegal touching of the pass. I don't want NFTs in general. Uh, I, I want one of that. I want one of that specific sequence. Good luck fitting that into your NFT wallet. <laughs> there are also matters of the law at stake here, Mike, because the idea of who gets to be a thick six citizen is something that I think about a lot as we're getting more and more of these plays. Like, for instance, we saw a couple years back J.J. Watt, of course, the Pro Bowl defensive end. Like, they line up as a tight end. They threw it to him in goal line situations. It's Patrick to the air. Wide open touchdown. And it's J.J. Watt. Unbelievable. Watt catches the touchdown. This guy can do it all. It worked, but... J.J. Watt is not what I think of when I think of your people, Mike, and I hope you understand what I'm trying to say here. Does that count as a thick six, do you think? I would say, and this is a question I get asked a lot, Pablo. It's a great one of how do you truly define this? I even had this moment with J.J.'s brother T.J. recently where he plays technically along the defensive line of scrimmage. He's a pass rusher even though he's listed as a linebacker here. And then I always hearken back to that Supreme Court definition of pornography. I don't know it, but I know it when I see it. (laughs) That's how I always tell people to go with the thick six. And when you look, you don't think of the Watt brothers as linemen. These are guys that are out here, you know, loudly listening to Fort Minor and training in the woods and lavish mansions (laughs) that they've tried to pass off as log cabins. And so (laughs) I would say that does not count. I would say general guidelines to follow. Does this person look like they're constantly chafing when they're walking? Mm. Thighs a mile wide, thick as the day is long. Do they have the presence of a belly? To me, that's almost always the most important one. Paunch quotient does seem important. It is a ratio that we have got to value and care about. Even in the day and age, we were, we were getting the Lane Johnsons who are on the leaner side of things, who are guys bordering on six packs, even at that position. The gut is still one of the more endearing parts of the plate. So all of those things are great to factor in in this spot. If you're wondering, did one of my favorite players on my favorite team just score a thick six? Here's a constitutional question then along those lines, because I think of James Harrison in the Super Bowl, Steelers defensive end, right? Bowling ball-esque in his curvature, I would say. He goes 100 yards on an interception return for a touchdown. It's going to be picked off. James Harrison has it. He's running up the sideline. 25, 30, 35, 40. Still on his feet at the 45 and down. No, he's still on his feet. Here comes Harrison jumping over people to the 20, the 15, the 10, the 5. And that's a touchdown for Pittsburgh. An amazing play by James Obviously, this is an all-timer, but... Is it a thick six? I will always say that I am one man legislating all of this right now. 
That's why I enjoy college football Saturdays, NFL Sundays, because we get a committee of this. Big shouts out to Chris Long, to Jeff Schwartz, former NFL offensive and defensive linemen who are the other, I would say, real godfathers of this movement. But I think they would be comfortable in agreeing this probably does not qualify because there is the thick that we have talked about. And then there's the thick that James Harrison subscribed to, which is the terrifying earned weight room version of thickness where he is mostly bulging out in some of those paunch quotient areas purely because his abs have developed abs over the course of a training <laughs> regimen that has terrified all of us online. James Harrison, please don't hurt me. I promise you're still invited to the cookout because I can't stop you from coming, but I don't think this one would qualify in the ways we're talking about. Counterpoint. The only lone counterpoint I have is that he was pretty damn winded at the end of this play. That is true. Boy, oh boy, if there was something to endear him to the thick community, it was that. <laughs> People always ask, Mike, did you talk a lot of bleep when you were playing? I was always way too tired walking back to the huddle. So, James, <laughs> we are with you on that. Go get that sweet, sweet oxygen on the sideline, big fella. All right, so Gojo, I need to take a breather here, and after the break, I need you to break down the thickest moments in NFL history. Delicious meat nutritious. In the snack that packs a real protein punch, wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Trust me, I've been eating them like there's no tomorrow all week. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with your family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you, like me, are on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries, whatever it may be. Well, the good news is not only are Wonderful Pistachios a complete protein providing all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snack game today. Visit WonderfulPistachios.com to learn more. The NFL schedule drops this week, kiddos, and you can be there to catch all the action live and in person with Vivid Seats. Experience every touchdown, every tackle, and every eye-popping play of your favorite team. And to kick it off, Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN, is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code DAILY. That's code DAILY. Download the app or visit vividseats.com today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. So I want to run through some of the more iconic thick sixes throughout our history, Mike, beyond the ones from just the recent past, because these are the ones I would say, and there should be, I think you would agree, there should be a wing in Canton for this. There should be not just a bust, but a whole like full body suited in extra big and tall gold jacket kind of a statue arrangement here, starting with Don Terry Poe. Don Terry Poe in 2016 is on the Kansas City Chiefs. It is Christmas Day. He is lining up in the Wildcat. He weighs 350 pounds. He's a defensive tackle. And he fakes like he's gonna run the ball. 
And then he does what? He goes airborne, and not only goes airborne for the sake of his own score. No, no, no. Think of the Tim Tebow Florida-era jump pass down by the goal line. <laughs> yes. Or again, you take something that was good and special in his time, and you just make it better by having everyone involved be big here. And Don Terry Poe goes for the jump pass. They got a He's going to take it. Look at this. He's going to throw. Touchdown. Oh, my. Oh, look at the players. Poe to Harris. What a play. You may see that one about 10 million times the rest of your life. Incredible touch. He held the follow through. It was glorious. So such a big bruising man with unbelievably soft touch down there in the red zone where it matters. If you are unfamiliar with Don Terry Post, stress enough. I got a chance to train with this guy in Arizona. Oh. One of the smoothest athletes that I have ever come across. But make no mistake, he is an absolute tank. So Don Terry Poe, 360 pounds or whatever, has run for a touchdown and thrown for one this season. So all that happened in 2016. Gojo. I actually want to go back a little further here to 2010. And, and while this is not technically a thick six because he was stopped short of the end zone, I do feel obliged to discuss it with you because in this one, the Packers are kicking off and they squib kick it short where the ball gets fielded by Patriots offensive lineman Dan Connolly. Tell us what happens from there. This was the premier play of large excellence of my lifetime. Like, Pablo, if the thick six seed was planted anywhere, it was this play. Because I remember exactly where I was. I was in college. <laughs> I was watching this game with a bunch of my friends over at someone's house. It was my buddy's aunt's house. And we all just kind of stopped because there were a bunch of O-linemen in the room. And a lot of us had been back where he was on that back wedge of kickoff return. And you go through and you're in practice all the time. And you always practice fair catching it. You go back and you get balls off the jugs machine, launches it up there so you can practice it. But it is almost always under the guise of you're signaling fair catch because there's no need for you to try and advance this. Mm. So just for him to deviate from that alone. The audacity. Uh, untold bravery in that spot. Bouncing ball field at the 25. Oh, you got to be kidding My favorite thing about it, every time I go back and watch it, Pablo, is number one, how surprised everyone else was. You listen to opposing players, guys that were going down and covering that, none of them expected him to be able to do this, and so their approach was really thrown off. A lot of guys were trying to go after the ball because they thought a lineman would not be ready to carry the load like this. My second part of this that is truly my favorite thing is how actually ready Dan Connolly was. <laughs> because when he first caught it, it was two hands on the ball. Yes. Ten points of contact, making sure no one was going to get that away. And then he didn't realize he was going to hit the open field. But once he got there, put the ball on the outside arm. Now he's trucking. <laughs> now he's realizing the dream for everybody. Dan Connolly at the 40, 45, 50, left side of the 40, 35-yard line, 30, 25, 20, 15 to the 10, to the 5, and inside the 5. Dan Connolly, oh my big God. old guard. Oh, my goodness. How about that? He was carrying that thing the way everyone our size has carried, like, 
a Susie Q or an iced honey bun or anything <laughs> of that ilk from a gas station home. You guard it with your life, and then the minute you sense someone's trying to come and take it from you, you sprint like your life depends on it and try and get away. And 71 yards later, there he was. It had everything involved in that play. Short of him scoring, which they would have had to blow up, knock down, and just re-erect some massive wing of the Hall of Fame purely for this play alone. Because I believe it may be the greatest large man play in NFL history. Tom Brady apparently thought so too. I've never seen anything happen so slow in my life. So uh, it was an unbelievable play. I I mean, I can never imagine anything like that's going to happen. They won't be kicking him anymore, I'll tell you that. So the dream now, I think we would agree, Mike, is to get another thick six in the Super Bowl as we look ahead to what's about to go down in Los Angeles. And to do that, we have to look backwards, right, to the granddaddy of them all, William the Refrigerator Perry, the fridge, in Super Bowl Twenty. Perry! That one registered 3.8. Another Super Bowl record, the first refrigerator to score. (laughs) And the largest running back ever to score a touchdown. What does the fridge represent in the grand arc, in the rotund arc of your people? He was the breakthrough case. I mean, he's the one that we can always point to. Like, Pablo, you asked, how do you begin to dream of this thing? It is I think largely because of William the Refrigerator Perry. They always talk about the first man through the wall. We were lucky the first man through the wall was a literal refrigerator because (laughs) he had the broadest shoulders and the ability to go ahead and show everyone what was possible. It, it, It is incredible. I mean, he is synonymous with this entire movement. So none of us are sitting here today without William the Refrigerator Perry. No, he came through the wall like the Kool-Aid man. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Mike, it occurs to me now as we go through all of the constitutional issues and the history of the Thick Six that you yourself, and this is, this is truly a compliment to your discipline, you're not as thick as you used to be. I look at Wikipedia, Mike Golick Jr., and it lists you at, let me just look this up right now, Mike Golick Jr., broadcaster with ESPN, born September 28th, day after me. They put you at 6'4", 300. And in your capacity now as gas bag, it feels like there's a little less air in there. Yeah, we've we've run out of some of that. And this is always like a deep moral issue for me, Pablo, is as I want to, you know, get healthy for the rest of my life and be able to buy clothes off the rack and do all these things that I could never do as a player. It does feel like, am I losing some of my core values here as someone who goes to bat for the big community? But as I always say to everybody... Being thick, being big, being a fat guy is not always about your exterior. It's do you have a fat heart? Mm. Do these things matter to you? Matters of the large community? Are you supporting the endeavors of big people doing great things? Anyone can be thick in that regard. And so if you're listening now and you think I've never tipped the scales at over 300 pounds, I've never put my hand in the dirt physically or metaphorically here, I promise you can still be of that thick cloth. Mike Golick Jr., thank you for opening your fat heart to us on ESPN Daily. Pablo, thank you for bringing your fat heart and lunch pail to this podcast every day. 
my uh, annual checkup validates <laughs> all of those characteristics. I'm Pablo Torre. This has been ESPN Daily. Our show is produced by Alexander Hyacinth, Mike Johns, Ryan Nantel, Mike Philbrick, Andy Tennant, Eve Tro, Chris Tuminello, and Aaron Vale. Special thanks this week to Emma Erdbrink, Garrett Lang, Jen Strauss, Andres Soto, Christian Gardner, Abu Kamara, and Jackson Udjalo. I'll talk to you Monday. <laughs>